Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. That's my favorite hymn, the old rugged cross. Nathan, I want that sung at my funeral, just so you know. Wait a minute. Not soon, (laughs) but when that day comes. We've been talking about the question of the ages, why? We started on the ultimate test of integrity. Job got, had two tests of integrity. This is part two. So let's begin reading at Job chapter 2, verse 7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. And then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we not accept good from the Lord and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. So what we reviewed last week, let's take take off from there. Number one, Satan does have the power to inflict people with sickness and disease. He was given that opportunity and he was able to do it so we know letter a from other places in scripture that satan in is the source of some sickness and disease even some that jesus healed satan was the source of it woman was bound by evil spirits letter b sometimes there is a connection between sickness and sin not always but sometimes there is And let her see through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, we have the promise of divine healing. So the reality is Satan does attack. There is sickness and disease. But thank God we have the resurrection of Jesus. And by his stripes, we are healed. We can claim that and believe that and see God do that. And letter D, we are to pray for sick people to be healed. If if we don't pray for people, no one's going to get healed. And so we got to do it. The Bible says in the book of James that we're to pray for the sick. And so, you know, I've always found that whenever I pastor a church, if you prepare for something, that's the best way to make it happen. And whenever we would start a new believers class, guess what? God would send us all these new Christians, baby Christians or people that we're seeking. And in the same way, if we, if we believe in healing, we practice prayer for healing, then we're going to believe God to, that will bring healing. But we've got to take that step of faith. We've got to launch out there and do it. And if you don't believe in miracles, that's fine. You won't get any. <laughs> so that's, you're good. But if we do believe in miracles, I, I believe God will answer in his way. And we, we know there are many different ways to be healed. Letter E, sometimes sickness is the result of Satan, sometimes sin, and other times just the result of living in a fallen world. And letter F, ultimately all sickness and disease will be done away with forever in heaven. Wow, one of the benefits of heaven, no more, sick, no more cancer, no more of these diseases that have taken our loved ones, and that will all be gone. We'll have a resurrected body that'll never get sick Never have to worry about COVID again, bless God. And we sneeze all we want on people. No, we shouldn't sneeze. But anyway, now all of that to say, number two, health problems will truly test our integrity, especially protracted illness. If it's something that you have to battle for a time, it it will really begin to check our hearts. 
And we see that letter A, Job was struck with a terrible disease and we went into graphic detail of the symptoms that he was experiencing. Not just the boils that he scraped with pottery, but so much more. And letter B, it can be difficult to maintain your integrity when you are severely suffering from such pain and sickness. Sometimes we just want to get better and we don't care how. But sometimes it's important, the how is important. First of all, we've got to go to Jesus and not, not, not false gods. You know, if a false god is offering a healing, then I don't want that healing. I'm going to go to Jesus. And we know Satan will imitate miracles in the last days. The Bible says that. And so we don't want to compromise our integrity just so we can be healed of a malady. You know, uh, Paul said in Corinthians that three times he asked the Lord to take that thorn from his flesh. And the Lord said, every time my grace is sufficient. That was the answer. I mean, you know, that was a test of integrity. God was saying, Job, I mean, not Job, Paul, you're going to have to live with this. And there are times where God heals us, and there are times where he's, he tells us, you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to live with this. And number three is where we left off. Marriage, not only sickness and disease, but marriage can affect our integrity as well. This is just amazing. Verse 9, his wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. Wow. You know, he may have been thinking, you know, I'm not sure I married the right one. It's a little late, but I'm, I'm not sure if, you know. Well, I, and, and let's just say that. If you married the wrong person, guess what? They're now the right person. Once you say, I do, it's done. Whether it was God's will or not, you're there. And so I, I taught a marriage conference a couple years ago. And what was fascinating is those that get a divorce and remarry have double the chance of divorcing again. So there's a 50% divorce rate in America, and that's true in the church and in the world. It's about the same. But those that divorce at that 50% and then remarry, it goes up to 75% will divorce, the rate of divorce. And so trying a second and third time is no guarantee that it's going to work. Might as well stay with the one God gave you. Dance with the one who brung you. That's all you can do. Now, we... Obviously, um, we're going to see that letter A, the trials of life will test a marriage relationship. What are some of the trials of life that test a marriage? Money. Okay. One of the number one causes of divorce is money. And it's not always the lack of money. I mean, you, you see what's been going on with this Amber Heard trial and Johnny Depp. And they have so much money. But how many know that tested their relationship? Sometimes... It's not just a lack of money, it's an abundance of money. What are some other things that test a marriage relationship? Loss of a child can have a devastating effect on a marriage. What else? Health, exactly. Yes? Age difference, that's true. Wording? Working, yes. Work, that's a double-edged sword. You need money, but then if you work too much, then you're gone too long. So, yes, work can be a test on our marriage. What, else, what other trials test a marriage? Yes. Okay, there's an echo here. There's stereo. Children and kids. Yes, and sometimes more so when they're adults than when they're little. In-laws can become outlaws. Not in your case. 
No, no, no. We're, you're, you're safe there. You're not walking home. What are some other things that test the marriage relationship and test integrity? Yes. Absolutely. And yes, someone else. That's right. Everything needs to be done in balance. You're right. But I've, I've seen guys, you know, when they were dating, you know, and then they get married and they still think they can play softball every night. Things change. Priorities change. Yes, in the back. Expectations. Most people enter into marriage with unrealistic expectation. Guys, you think she's going to look like that princess every day for the rest of your life. And she'll look different. And so, and then she thinks that guy's going to be my knight in shining armor for the rest of his life. It'll be the knight in rusty armor. Because <laughs> he, he won't fit in the armor after a while. So that's my problem. Yes. Exactly. And the, that's why the Bible warns against a believer marrying an unbeliever. And there have, t there have been times where I've been in a situation where I've been asked to marry a Christian and unbeliever, and I declined because the Bible's very clear that, uh, there, that there's nothing in common. One of the most powerful things, especially when you're in the middle of a trial, is being able to pray with your spouse. And if you don't have that in common, you don't have that in connection, you don't have a spirit union. And God wants us to be united body, soul, and spirit. And so you have to have, and it's not just Christian and non-Christian, it could be even of a different denomination. Could, you know, I've seen marriages struggle when one believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and one did not. So that can, you can be unequally yoked and both be saved. So those, those things have to be explored as well. Yes. Yes, if you have married an unbeliever or gotten saved after you got married, God doesn't want you to leave them just because they're an unbeliever. So you're not to marry an unbeliever if you're a believer, but if you did, that's what I'm saying. If you say, I do, it's done. Now it is the will of God. I knew a situation where a man had come, back to, had come to the Lord, and so he left his second wife and went back to his first wife. That's not what the Lord wants you to do. You stay with the woman. You, you know, however you came to the Lord, remain that way. That's what Paul says. So if you came married, stay married. And so that's an excellent point that if that believer is, a, if, that, if your spouse is an unbeliever, the Bible does not want you leaving them because you're the best chance of them getting saved. Lack of communication, one, another major cause of divorce. If you're not, one of the things that I always try to do, yes, Ruth. Yeah, that's, a, that's great. That's not your case. Because I, I could live with Richard 24-7. I know I could. You made it. But, you know, that's an excellent point. I don't know if enough research has been done on that. Because all of a sudden, that person is there all stinking day. And that, that could wear on you after a while. That's an excellent point. Yes. Quality time. Now we're getting into the five love languages, which I highly recommend every couple read because we're usually trying to love our spouse in our love language instead of theirs. Another great book is Love and Respect by the Eggeriches. And again, I, I spoke at a marriage conference a few weeks ago, 
And I said, listen, if you are not willing to invest in your marriage, it's not going to succeed. And so you may have to, guys, actually read a book. But you'll, you know, we'll read our owner's manual on our new boat. But we better know that we need to, there's something more valuable than our boat, and that's our marriage. Yes, there, there are the baggage we bring into a marriage relationship from our history. We can actually blame our spouse for what our previous spouse did. And we make our current spouse pray for the sins of our previous spouse. And that's unfair. But it's, it's, it's a real situation. Yes, James. Marrying too young. Marrying too young. Now, I can attest to that. I was 20. I married a teenager. Jolene was 19. And we have always said we, was, we were too young. We just were not mature enough. Thankfully, we went through some tough times because we were too young. And so you, you have to have a, a maturity to real. Marriage will test you. It will test your integrity. Any other challenges that marriage brings? Okay, that's right. Drugs and alcohol can be a major effect for marriages. And, and we've, I've talked about the four A's before adultery, addiction, abuse, and abandonment. Those are all issues that can come into play. Sex. Sex, yes, absolutely. That, thank you. That, that is a, that's why another thing I do whenever I marry someone is give them a good Christian sex book because it's important. It's a gift from God, and people with wrong understandings or, or, or different backgrounds May, may struggle in that area. I've, I've had to deal with that many, many times. And so that is an excellent, valid point. Other thoughts that test to marriage? Yes? An attack. Yes, it, we have defense mechanisms. And if you trigger our defense mechanism, and again... Those defense mechanisms have been built in from previous relationships, whether it's parents or spouses. And so, again, we make them pay when we're trying to, because to communicate, sometimes you have to agree to disagree. And you don't always have to come to an agreement, but you do have to communicate and respect each other. And men and women communicate differently, totally differently. Which again, love, the love, five love languages, such a good book. Yes, Ronnie. Okay, that is that is what marriages need. When I do weddings, I like doing a private communion with the, the groom and the bride, and I tell them, if you're married, you know that the, the juice represents the blood of Jesus, which brings the forgiveness of sins, and I tell them, if you don't learn to forgive, your marriage won't make it. It requires forgiveness if your marriage is going to survive. And so, yes? Right. Right. Yeah, forgiveness, again, is, is, sets us free as well as our spouse. But, 
And, and if we don't forgive, we can't be forgiven. And sometimes it is so hard, you know, to be the first one to say, I'm sorry. Isn't that tough in, in a marriage sometimes? To be the first one to say, I'm sorry. But I'm here to tell you, if you are, God's keeping counting in heaven. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, somebody has to be that first one, yes. Crow tastes better warm, yes, I'll take your word for it, but uh, I, I agree with you, then cold. Yes, that has, and again, those are, that's why I do premarital counseling. I won't marry anybody without doing several sessions of premarital counseling, and that issue has to be resolved, whether you're going to have children or not. So, important things that can challenge the marriage, yes. Spiritual warfare, again, we, we have to have... The marriage was given to show us forever the example of our relationship with Christ. It's holy. And so Satan attacks that specifically. If he can discredit Christian marriages, and again, the rate of divorce is the same in the church as it is in the world. And I'm not saying that to shame anyone. I'm saying it because there's spiritual warfare. Satan wants to show that Christ makes no difference in our marriage. And we know it, he absolutely does make all the difference in the world. Okay, excellent points. Let's continue on. One of the greatest, so marriage will test us, but one of the greatest agents of change is marriage. It will make you more like Jesus. And, and this is important for us to understand that part of the reason God gave us marriage is because we'll have to learn to live with someone Forgive them, accept them, love them, even when we don't feel like it. And so marriage will change you. And if it doesn't change you, it will break you. <laughs> so it's better to change than to be broken. And God uses marriage. I mean, think about it. Two different people from two different backgrounds, from two different walks of life, trying to come together. And you remember when you went on vacation with your best friend and after a week you hated them? Marriage, you know, it sometimes doesn't take a week. But, you know, it's, you got to live with this person. You have to prefer them and, or, or you won't make it. And so God uses marriage to change us, to, to make us more like Christ. It's one of the reasons marriage was given. Life is hard enough when a husband and wife are united, but when they are divided, life is much harder. The severe trials of life don't always bring a married couple together. We, someone talked about losing a child. Can really test a marriage. And so why, how do we stop the trials of life from tearing us apart? Instead, allowing the trials of life to bring us closer together. How can we do that? Prayer. Prayer, Prayer together, especially. Someone said being humble. Humility. Yep. Yes. And even admitting when you're not wrong. <laughs> Guys, trust me. I'm the most important words you can learn. I am sorry. Three words. And please forgive me. That's three words too. Yes. I Yeah. 
Right. And, and we see the division between Job and his wife, don't we? They're, they're not on the same page. And we have to understand that our marriage can help us through pain if it's, if it's done properly, if, if each marriage partner follows the Lord, or it can cause more pain. So God's desire is that our marriage would be a healing agent. I've talked about that before. But we have to, we have to be willing to do the work and invest in our marriages because a trial can bring us closer together. Babe, we're in this together. The kids are on right now. We've got a prodigal, but we're not going to turn on each other because that's exactly what Satan's trying to do is get a family to turn on each other. That's what Satan is. Satan's not just affecting Job's health. He's affecting his marriage. Yes. You're, you're exactly right, and we're going we're gonna to jump on that because it really tells a lot about her, what she's saying. So people may test your integrity, sometimes those closest to you, in fact, most times. Those who know you best can hurt you the most. Isn't that true? And that's why I've talked to couples about no hitting below the belt. That's a boxing term. You're not allowed to hit below the belt. There are things you know you could say to pierce your spouse's heart. Those are off limits. And sometimes we've used that weapon in our arsenal, and that takes a long time to heal. Sometimes it ends a marriage. And so we know each other's vulnerabilities. The longer you're married, the more you know each other's weaknesses, idiosyncrasies, fears and all of those things. So we, we, are, we have power to heal or to harm. And so it's so, and for her to say this at this moment, what, is, what does that mean? Because letter B, Job's wife doesn't suggest he curse God. She commands it. Just curse God and die. Wow, I can't imagine as a man who have lost my livelihood, lost all my possessions, lost my children, and then for my wife to just say, just die. The, the, I, I think this hurt more than anything else, than any other loss was what his wife said to him. Now, why do you think she would say this? Yes, she's hurting. This is an excellent point. Sometimes we forget her pain. The focus is all on Job and everything he's lost. But she's lost everything that he has lost. So I do wonder if sometimes if we are too hard on her because the pain that she is experiencing and unfortunately she's taking it out on her husband, which is another tragedy of marriage. We should never take out our pain on someone else. But so why, why else do you think she would say these words? What's going on in her mind? Anybody want to take a stab at it? Okay. Okay, yes? Satan's brought out everything in his arsenal. He could be using her too. 
Absolutely, because we, we mentioned how Satan does use people to bring harm. We're going to see him use Job's friends. So-called friends are going to bring more harm. So exactly right. Yes, someone else. Jay. Yes. So when you curse God, it's basically saying you're going to die or, or God's going to require that you die. So the only thing I can think of there is that she really wanted him to curse God so that God would kill him if, if, uh, or, or he would be allowed to die. So she had a pretty bad attitude. Yes, but you've made a good point. She knows... Really, the consequence to curse God is death. So why does she want him to die? Yes. Okay, it may have been out of some compassion. Can we give her that? That she is seeing his suffering because she wasn't affected physically. Now, she was affected in every other area. But to see him in such misery, is it possible her words weren't so condemning as they were compassionate? Is it possible? Yes. I think so, because watching him in anguish, she's like, it's got to get over, you know? She wanted it to end. She wanted it to end, and, and probably not just his pain, but her pain as well. Yes? Did she believe in God? Has she said It's a good question. We'll, we'll, we'll dig like into that. It sounds pretty rough. It does sound pretty rough, yes. Right. Yeah, I, I would imagine since Job was so concerned about his, the spirituality of his children, that certainly she would probably be a part of that as well, that she had, she had a faith. Mm-hmm. Right, so it may have, may have not been compassion, and, and we're, I'm, I'm going to touch on that very thing, because she even, she does talk about his breath, which can be another marital problem, yes. right? We forgot that one. Yes. Boy, that's good. You know, when... When the Ark of the Covenant came back to Jerusalem, David danced in his underwear, well, as in his ephod, it was, and he was a king, and his wife, Michael, despised him because of how he was worshiping God. And so maybe for her to think, how this God has caused your pain, how dare you worship him? That's an excellent point, that she may be resenting the fact that he's worshiping the God that caused all this. Wow. That's heavy, yes. Right, Ex exactly. Somebody's to blame, right? If, you're, if you believe in retribution theology, bad things happen to bad people. And so all this bad stuff's happening to Job. She's just along for the ride. 
It's a, that's a very plausible point that she is, she's got to blame somebody. And she thinks it's him. Because, again, she, I'm sure she had bought into this, the same theology. Good point. Well, isn't it true that when we blame people, there doesn't have to be any merit to it? We, but it started with Adam, I'm sorry to say, the woman you gave me. You know, here she is flirting with me and gives me this apple. And yeah, <laughs> I know what she did. And then she got in, you know, and then again, and this is important for us to understand the, the temptation when things go wrong, is to blame someone. And usually it's not us. <laughs> we blame someone else. We blame God. And sometimes it's, it is us. Sometimes it is the devil. Sometimes it's the fall of life. Yes? Yeah, and, and you're, you're exactly right. The, the enemy was trying to divide them. This is something that I've never dug into. At some point, I would like to, because we see that Satan attacked his health, his wealth, his children, but he attacked his marriage. He attacked that relationship that represents Christ in the church. And, I mean, he was going after that so clearly. And... When we, when we can blame someone else, they're, they're, we've, we feel good about ourselves for a moment. And, and the problem is, is she is hurting. We can't deny that. She is hurting. And yet she, and isn't it true, hurt people hurt people. We know that. And so if we, and this is why we are responsible for our healing in this sense. I'm talking about an emotional healing. We are responsible because if we don't heal, we will hurt. And we, if we don't heal our hurt, we'll end up hurting someone else. We have a responsibility. Now, you didn't cause your hurt, perhaps. You're not responsible for that. You may not even know who to blame. But now that you're an adult, you are held accountable. It's not, it's not, it may not be pain you caused. But now that it's your pain... We, we have a responsibility to bring it to the cross and to bring it to Jesus and say, Lord, heal this. Because if we don't heal our pain, we will pass it on to somebody else. We'll give it to somebody else. And so I think it's why it's so important that, first of all, we acknowledge our pain. Not be in denial that, no, I'm fine. And you got bodies in your wake. <laughs> And, and so to acknowledge, you know what? This, this part of my life was devastating. And it's not just going to go away. I've got to bring it to Jesus. I've got to bring it to the altar. I've got to bring it to the healer. Because if we don't, we're going we're gonna to share that pain. And, and then we'll feel even worse. So she, she would rather Job... Now, notice that she connected his death to integrity. I also think she resented his integrity. How dare you 
you know, keep hold of your integrity at a time like this. Almost to where he's like, she feels like, you know, you care about your integrity more than me. Because we don't see Job comforting his wife. So let's put something on Job here right now, okay? She is devastated. She's lost her children. And in some ways, I think she's hurting more than Job because she's seeing him suffer. We, don't we hurt, we hurt more? I sound like that parent, this is going to hurt me a lot more. It's going to hurt you. We get the belt going here. But truly, if you love somebody, it's harder to watch them suffer than for you to suffer yourself. Yes. Yes, and I think that's exactly why. He was going to redeem all of this, including their marriage. But, and, and let me, I'm, I'm not, I'm just throwing this out there. Is it possible to hold on to our integrity too much? Because that seems to be what she's saying. You're holding on to your integrity, just die. And I do think she is resentful that his integrity is so important. Can, can integrity become idolatry? Let's, I'm just, is it possible? In a relationship, it's possible? Yeah, if you hold too much integrity and you're always doing the right thing, it will either make them resentful, like, oh, you don't have my side. You're doing the right thing, but I want you to do this thing. Instead of, you know, just kind of going with them. But having integrity, being upright, and doing the right thing all the time... <coughs> And maybe at that point, it's not integrity anymore. It's self-righteousness. Because integrity, I don't think, is ever a sin. But when it changes into self-righteousness, you know, my wife has let me know that I am not the Holy Spirit in her life. Doggone it. <laughs> you know, I tell her, I say, I tell people how to live all the time. She goes, not me, you don't. You know, and so that's fair. <laughs> I can't, you know preach to my wife, I'll get in trouble. But, uh, and, and I appreciate how she holds me accountable. You know, don't get all preachy. Uh, I know you. Oh yeah, that's right. You do know me. And so we have to, we, it's like that old story that they, they, they voted on who the most humble person in the church was. And they, they elected this guy and they gave him a button and then they had to take it away because he wore it. Most humble. <laughs> And so that's kind of like integrity. When you, th when you think you have it, so when you think you have it, maybe you don't, right? Because if you have true integrity, you don't have pride. And he was a man that was blameless, and he was a man of integrity. So we do have to believe it was genuine. Yeah. Mm. So she is in no support at all, even though she has seen all of this. So that's 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 a good point. She was able to witness the end result of his integrity, which was a double blessing. And so she didn't know that at the time, but yes, she would be a witness to all that. 
And she more than his friends understood because his friends hadn't gone through anything. And they, you know, they acted all high and mighty. But she certainly suffered as much as he did, if not more. Yes. Yeah, it's your fault. Right. Exactly. And and is it possible she she's kind of in agreement with his friends that Job did do something wrong and that's caused all this pain in her life? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was the worst thing she could have said for him to him in that moment. Yes. Great point. Yeah. Yep. Good point. Yeah. Exactly. I think you're. I think you're onto something here because he, he really didn't console her. You know, we don't see anything. We see him worshiping God. We see him falling down on his face. But she lost her children. She lost everything he did and more. And yet, and, and yet we don't, but he's almost putting the focus all on him, right? And, and in a sense. And so, yeah, that would be hard to take as a spouse. It's like, look, I'm hurting too. But have you ever known one of those persons no matter how bad you have it, they have it worse. And so, you know, if you have a hangnail, their finger's missing. You know, it's always one-upmanship, you know. That, and, and it's almost like that, that Job's got all the attention. That's not what I expected that to go to. So... Yes. I think he took the time to console his wife. Okay. Well, that's a, that's an excellent point because that's part of him being upright, being a man of integrity. You would think he would do those things. It's just not recorded. Yeah. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Not to mention the grief. Uh, the, to the point where he didn't console her, but he went 
Yeah. Yep. And then there's the question of whether or not she's true. Yes, because I think her theology is revealed here, so it at least alludes to it. Someone else, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so it goes to show the contrast between the different like sides of grief. Like some people can choose to maintain their integrity and to pray and be, you know, in the spirit, and some people can feel just broken by it and lost those in the worldly way. Yes. It just shows that contrast, and I think that maybe God used that to show, like, look what Job did, and he was righteous, but look what she did, and it, it's not a good thing. Yes, and I think, now, we know anger is one of the cycles of grief. She is angry. I mean, she is furious, and so she is grieving. Uh, doesn't justify the horrible thing she said. No way you can get that back, you know, and so, you know, that, that's something, and this is why we're discussing this. Let's apply it in our own lives. This, you know, because marriages are under attack. There's this spiritual warfare. And, and so God gave us this example for us to learn from. And so let's make sure we continue to do it. We're going to pause there. This is a great subject. We're going to pick it up next week. But let's, let's go to the Lord. God, thank you for your word. I love the interaction, God, and, and discussing it and hearing everyone's heart. You've given us a roadmap for life and for marriage right here in this book. And so, Father, I pray that we would apply it to our own lives and live it out, Lord, because marriage is so sacred. It represents our relationship with you. And, Lord, we look forward to the day where you, the groom, come and take us, the bride, home to be with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen.